we're just a bunch of ordinary people. But when we come together, the presence of God is attracted to our gatherings. He comes in such a way that it makes us feel different. We sense things different. We are aware of almost another, it's like another realm around us. It's the presence of God in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for being here with us this morning. We're so privileged to host and to look after the one that created all of creation. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place, in our hearts. May we not shut off any room in our life to you this morning. You can't come close to God and not be changed. You can't come close to Him and, and leave and be the same. And You know, even though we do this week in and week out, let's not get comfortable or familiar with Him to the point that we don't become vulnerable anymore to His Spirit, to His presence. When you take a seat, what a beautiful time of worship. Thank you to our team. I tell you, our, our music has gone to another level. Have you noticed that? Our worship. Sometimes, Steve, it takes, you know, going away for a bit and you come back and you notice a difference. But it's, they stopped putting me on the roster and that went to another level. And uh, who would have thought? Hey, um, who was here last week? Yeah, a few people. Welcome, guys, at the back. Haven't seen you since last holidays. Kev, just bring my mic back a little bit, and I'll speak up a little louder. Thanks. I um I really enjoyed listening to the message last Sunday and thinking about it during the week. Do you do that? You think about it during the week. You should. If you forget about it during the week, then make sure you take some notes on the weekend, because these aren't just sort of man-made thoughts and ideas. Uh, you know, whatever we feel like sharing on, we have to be convinced that this is, in a way, God speaking to us on a Sunday morning. And so take it seriously, um, apply it to your own life, and um, you'll be changed. And anyway, I was just thinking about the authority we have in God. That's what we looked at last week, the authority we have in God. And we, we as a church, wanted to look at this for a few weeks post-Easter. You know, Phil said, let's keep going with these Easter songs and it's, this, it's true that this Sunday, the resurrection power that we celebrate on Sunday should be and is evident in our everyday Christian walk. And uh, so we, we want to designate a few weeks to this topic in church. You know, some things are preached about week in, week out in church, and so it should be. The cross, the love of God, the grace of God, His mercies. This is something that just should be in every single service and gathering that we come together. But some things are topical and we just look at them for a little season and we move off onto some other topic. And we try and keep a, a balanced 
diet, if you can understand what I mean. It's important to keep a balanced diet in the teaching of God. And so this is a a couple of weeks we're going to look at authority. I'm going to continue on where we left off last week because I want us all to live a powerful Christianity. There is enough weak Christianity in the world. There is enough powerless, no demonstration Christianity in the world. And I don't want it in my life, and I pray you don't want it this morning. Is that all right? I'm preaching to people that are hungry for uh, all that God has for us, not just a select diet, but all of what he has for us. Uh, So we're going to continue on this path. Matthew chapter 7, 28, 29 says, I'm going to throw heaps of verses at you, by the way. I'm not going to stay in one this morning. Matthew 7, 28 and 29 says, When Jesus had finished saying, saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. There was a, there was a huge contrast in the way Jesus taught to the teachings of the day. Now, there was much teaching of the day. There were many rabbis. There were many people that you could follow. And there was lots of public displays and declarations and preaching and teaching. Jesus comes along and they differentiate him. Is that the right word in the right term? They differentiate him from the other teachers because of the level of authority, because of the power that his teaching held. Lives were changed because of his teaching, and they noticed it. 1 Corinthians 4.18 says this, Some of you have become arrogant. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church because he visited them. Sorry, let me just give. He visited them. He, he helped them to, to get on track, to begin their, their, their path under grace. And, and then he leaves, and he's on other missionary trips, and he writes his letter back to them. And he hears that they had been complaining, or he hears that they've invited other guests to come and teach and made themselves vulnerable to other people's teachings were, that were not quite exactly right, and, and people were a little disgruntled. And he says this, some of you have become arrogant, thinking that I will not visit you again, but I will come and come soon. If the Lord lets me, and then I'll find out whether these arrogant people will give pretentious speeches or whether they really have the power of God. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of words and a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. That's the Christianity that walk that I want to walk. So, We're quickly going to look at a few key elements to this authority, to this power that we can have and we should have, and actually we have been given this morning. The first element to this authority is the name of Jesus. This is the key element to the authority we've been given, the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 17 says, in my name they will cast out demons. Say that. Say, in my name. John 14, 13 says that you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. It goes on two chapters later again in that same book of John 16. I tell you the truth, you will ask my father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. 
is the name of Jesus is the key to all authority in the kingdom of God in your life. Now, let me give you a demonstration or an illustration. Uh, we have on our counter at home um, this envelope, and it's got a f- few folded up pieces of paper, and it's been sitting on the bench for a long time. And I like a clean house. I like a clean bench. Anyone else like a clean kitchen bench? There's nothing like a clean kitchen bench, right, Dave? Like, just spotless, shining. Like, don't put that cup there. It's clean. Anyway, there's been one thing that's been tormenting me, and it's this envelope that's been torn open and looked at. I think I did it, actually. And and it's still folded up, sitting on the bench, and I was that frustrated. I finally said to Cass, what is this letter, this envelope? She said, yeah, you left it there. You opened it, remember? And she, she reminded me what it was, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's a form sent by my superannuation fund, right? Because uh, I was at work one day, and we needed to have our address changed on the system. So I asked Cass, could you please uh, ring through and change that address? And so she did that day. She was at home. She called up, made the phone call. I just need to change the address on my husband's account. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that for you. We can only do that at his request, not your request. You you know, have you ever had this experience? Most frustrating experience in the world. Anyway, she she said, well, how do I do that? How do I get the the authority to be able to change this address? And so they said, we'll send you a form. You can fill it out. And she said, by the way, I also want to be a beneficiary because it turns out my husband hasn't set up a beneficiary of his superannuation. And so can we sort that stuff out at the same time? Sure, we'll include that in this same letter. Fill it all out. Your husband, fill it all out. Sign it off. Send it back. No worries. You'll be able to access, you know, all the, the power to go with that account as your husband. And very good. Now, that's been sitting there. I've forgotten to sign it for two weeks. Now, we'll do that. We might do that this afternoon, Cass, if you remind me. And I'll get that sent off. Cassia, from that moment on, when they receive that, will have... uh, uh, There's another term in the law that's used. Beck, you might tell me if I'm wrong here. The power of attorney. Yeah? And it goes not just superannuation funds. It goes in lots of things. The power of attorney is given by... Somebody who holds the authority to somebody else that I choose to give that authority to. That's exactly what happens in the kingdom of God. It's passed on. The name of Jesus is given to us for us to use that same authority to do the same things Jesus did with the same level of power and authority as he did, as if he was there himself. If, if God walked into this room today and, and he wanted to change a situation, he wanted to heal, heal somebody, you know, we would not doubt that, would we? If he just spoke the word, Ray, you're going to be you're healed. You're going to start growing hair again. We wouldn't doubt that, would we? It got a bit quiet in there. They're like, oh, I hope he's got that relationship with Ray. He can make jokes like that. (laughs) Do you hear me? That same authority that we don't doubt Jesus holds himself has been given to us in the form of here is my name. 
here's a credit card, here is whatever it is. He gives us all it takes to achieve and to do what he has done himself and what he asks of us to do. So that's the first key element. The second key element in this message is the key element of obedience. The key element to the authority of God is to make sure we are operating in obedience to Him. Operating in the will of God. Now, the Bible illustrates this time when uh, there was a bunch of sorcerers and, and they'd heard that people were performing all sorts of miracles and signs and wonders using the name of Jesus, so they thought they would have a go. But nothing happened. There was no response from, from the demons. There was no response from the enemy. Why? Because they weren't doing it out of an obedience to God. They just thought it was some sort of magic trick. A key element to you walking in the authority of God is not just to use the name above all names, but to be in the flow of what he is asking you to do. Amen? And the third one, key element to the authority of God is that we have, you've got to understand this, you've got to let this sink in, we have authority over the devil. We have authority over the devil. You're going to enjoy this third point. You ready? I've got many scriptures for you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes, scorpions, and crush them. Nothing will injure you. You like that? How about this son? Matthew 10.1. Jesus sends out the 12 apostles. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Now, I've got six verses I'm going to read out to you. That's two. That clearly and blatantly says we have this authority over demons and evil spirits. Some of us don't like to even think about it. Some of us would avoid this topic. Some of you have probably never even said the word demon. Like, it's just like, it's not a nice thing. It's sort of just something you just keep to the side in, in Western culture, church life. It's just, you know, this deliverance, you know, this weirdness, right? But how can you deny the clarity? The, the Bible speaks of this stuff. You are right, Gadget? Am I right? Mark 16, 17, 18, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Acts 5.16, crowds came from villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed 
by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Acts 8, 7, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Interesting how the Bible always ties that being delivered from a demon to a physical healing. They always seem to be in the same, same verse. Acts 19 and verse 12, when handkerchiefs and aprons that had merely touched the skin and were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. So, key elements to the authority of God. One, he has given us the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Two, it is so important to be walking in the obedience of God. And three, don't underestimate your authority over the enemy. Amen? I'm up to my conclusion. Now, don't get too excited. This, it's a long conclusion. I'll tell you when the conclusion to the conclusion's coming. I want to take you on a journey. So you don't start a journey at a conclusion, do you? But we're doing that this morning. We're breaking the rules. This is the journey of authority. This is the journey of authority outlined in Romans 5. Write this one down. Look at it later. Romans 5, verses 17 to 18. Two verses. I'm not going to read that. You'll read it in your own time. This is the journey of designated authority. It starts with Adam and Eve in the garden. Great place to start. We know that God created all things, creation, beautiful, the world. And then he says, when he finished with that, he, he made man. And he placed man in the garden to rule over it, look after it. I imagine he took Adam up to a place where he could see a lot of it. Took him up to a high place, possibly a mountaintop, and said, look at it all. I'm giving you authority and dominion over all of it. Those animals, you can name them. All those trees, all for your enjoyment. You rule over the whole thing. It's all yours. Dominion and authority was given by the creator to the created at that point. You with me? Don't drop off yet. All authority and dominion over that known world at that time was given to Adam to govern it, to rule over it. The devil... We know the story comes along and tells him to do the one thing that God said not to do, and that's the taste of that certain fruit from that certain tree. The devil got a foothold in. The devil found an entry point into this transaction that took place between the creator and the created. As this shift of authority went to Adam in the garden, the devil found a way in there. 
It came at that little foothold that we know as pride for Adam, in Adam's case. And he got in there, and sin entered the world. The Bible says in Romans 5, 17 and 18, this is the moment when that authority that was given to Adam was given over to the enemy. Was given over to the enemy. The authority of the world that we know as it was created was handed over to the evil one. Now some of us still struggle with this thought that he is... He has some sort of authority and governance over the world. Let me tell you, he does. He was, it was given to him at that moment by Adam. Adam had lost the authority, and that authority was given over to the devil. Thousands of years go by. Mankind has struggled through its existence because it had lost all authority. God had given them ways to survive and to, to try and thrive, thrive, but they were still missing that authority that was always designated for them to carry. Jesus comes along. Interestingly enough, at the start of his ministry, the devil who now holds the authority of the earth, you know the story, takes Jesus up to a high place says, look over the land, Jesus. I'll give it all to you. Was it his to give? Absolutely. The devil said, I'll give it all to you if you'll bow down and worship me. You see the journey of this authority that's getting passed? It's getting offered and passed and Jesus obviously doesn't bow down. He knew there was a trick. That you won't worship anyone but the Lord your God. It says that in the, in the word, so no way. The devil leaves him. That was the start of his ministry. That he got through his temptation and he starts his ministry. We know the rest is history. Jesus lives a victorious life, goes to the grave, rises again on the third day, stands up to declare all authority. In heaven and on earth. This is significant. In the heavens and now back on the earth is mine. He says, therefore you go. And he gives us this authority. You see the journey of this authority and this dominion and this rule, this governance? So how did Jesus get that authority back? By living the perfect life, so that the snake, that serpent, could not get a foothold in. Do you understand that? The serpent found a foothold. He found a weakness in Adam. And that weakness stripped him of his authority. Yet Jesus, no weakness, no foothold, no sin. And as a result, his death and resurrection became so victorious that he regathered all that authority the devil had once found a way to, to get for himself. The perfect life of Jesus gave the devil no foothold. Now, this is important. I want to keep saying these words. No foothold, no entry point, 
No weak spot. I'm coming to the conclusion of my conclusion. We are in Christ. Okay? This is the crescendo of my message this morning. We're here. We made it. We are in Christ. We are not perfect like he lived a perfect life. We are much closer to Adam than we are to Jesus. But there was no foothold in Jesus' life. There was no weak spot. There was no place where the devil could penetrate into his life to strip him from his authority. We have been found in Christ. The moment you ask Christ to come into your life, you are taking on his perfect life. Do you understand this? You are taking on something that has no weakness, no foothold, no point of penetration. Now, some people struggle with this. Some people can't get this concept because you still stuff up, you still mess up, you still do the wrong thing sometimes. But by faith, the Bible says we take on the very nature of Christ. And we now, not only do we take on his nature, but we share in his throne. We rule and reign with him in heavenly places. This is why we have now the ability to hold and to carry and to use the power and the authority that God once designated for Adam in that garden, reclaimed by Jesus, given to you as you take on Christ in your life. Amen? Someone got a Bible there for me I can read? Actually, it doesn't matter. I'm looking around. No one has Bibles in church. Are you on Romans? Anyone opened up to Romans? Let me read you this. Oh, it's the message. It doesn't have verses anywhere. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. A gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. If you want to know how to live a victorious life, If you want to know how to live a life as the head and not the tail, 
If you want to live a life that is full of abundance and strength and prosperity and purity, and you struggle with it, but you really want to, your only hope is to have the perfect life, the perfect one, the Son of God who knew no sin, to come in your place and you be one with Him. It's your only hope. And once you do, He brings into your world all authority. He brings into your world His very own name for you to speak, for you to pray through. And you'll break through into all that God has destined for you to be. He'll break you into a new life like Adam was destined to live in the garden. That will be your life, destined for greatness. I'm going to finish with these thoughts. I wrote these. Some of that stuff I I got those ideas out of this book and uh, Phil Pringle's book, The Born Identity. Um, Often I give it away to people when I'm finished, but I've been using this book for years. I'm not giving that one to you guys yet. You've heard it all before anyway. I use it in my sermons. But these are my own thoughts to finish with. The battle of today is between a devil who had authority and the church who hardly recognize the authority they have been given. You like that? It's true. The battle of today is not over authority, but it's over understanding our authority. That's all I got. You can quote me on that if you like. We're going to pray this morning. This is going to be a powerful moment. We're going to take five minutes to do this. 11.30, we're going to finish on that clock up there. We're going to pray this morning for people that have weaknesses in their life, for people that have footholds that the enemy seemed to be able, he, he just seems to get in time and time again. No matter how much we try, there's a weak point where he seems to be able to penetrate into our world. We're going to pray for you this morning. If you haven't done it, this is the morning you're going to invite the very nature of God to come into your life. He's going to become your Lord and your Savior, and He'll take over your life. It's the best decision you'll ever make. That's going to happen this morning. For some of you, as we pray, you're going to just understand what you've already done. So your weak weak point might just be a lack of understanding that Christ has set you free from it. It's been a lack of taking hold of, no, no, this is actually truth. I've got four minutes. Phil Pringle says this. Again, let me say, even though death has sat like a monarch enthroned on the sin of Adam. Jesus has defeated death through a righteous life. Now death has no throne, no power. Death cannot rule over a person with Christ in their life. 
Do you hear me? Sin cannot rule over a person with Christ in their life. Sickness cannot rule over a person with Christ in their lives. This is truth waiting to be appropriated. Believe the Word of God. Stand in your position. Hold your ground in the work of the cross. This is truth this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray for each and everyone this morning. I believe everybody has a prayer need in their life right now. If you're not, what kind of boring life are you living? Everyone must be holding on to God for something in your life right now. And as I spoke about weaknesses and and entry points for the devil, you know what that is in your life. I don't know if if it's the bottle. I don't know if it's a bad relationship. I'm not sure. It's personal. It's up to you. But you've been set free from that. You have authority over that. You just need to understand it and hold on to that truth. Amen? With everyone's eyes closed, is there anyone that feels that they just need to ask all of Jesus to come into all of your life? It's not just one part of your life. You haven't done this before. And you just need to go, Jesus, I need you. I want to follow you as my Lord. Is there anybody? Just show me your hand if that's you. I want to know who I'm praying for. So you guys, any others? Close your eyes with me, everybody. Lord Jesus, thank you for that perfect life you lived. It became a perfect gift to us as fallen people. Now I pray on behalf of my brother and sister here this morning, but this is their prayer. This is not my prayer. This is their prayer. But I'm speaking just on their behalf. Jesus, I am sorry for living life my own way. I fall and I stumble time and time again. And it just reminds me that I need you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my wrongs. And help me to forgive other people. I want to live for you and follow you all my days. pray for everybody else here this morning as you focus on that thing that God has brought to your attention this morning. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that we would have revelation knowledge of your authority that you have given to us and placed on our life. And we stand here in this truth this morning, understanding that no matter what happens in our world, we cannot be taken out by the enemy. We cannot be given over to his plans because we have been saved. We've been marked by God and we've received the perfect life in our place. Lord, I just pray and support each one of my brothers and sisters here this morning. Cause them to triumph in life. Cause them to rise above their circumstances. To every sickness that is found in this room this morning, we cast you out of lives. We cast you out of bodies. In the name of Jesus, we do this. We do this in the place of Jesus because that's what Jesus would do if he was in the room this morning. So we speak life and freedom and wholeness 
over bodies. To anybody that's ever been ripped off, they feel like in life they've been ripped off. Part of them has been torn, torn away. Lord, we, re- we pray that you replace what has been stolen from them. Fill their lives with abundance, prosperity and purity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel to do this. I'm sorry. It's not to embarrass anybody. Not mentioning any names, but I, I wouldn't do this if I felt it was the Lord. But publicly, I want to pray for those that are that want to um, have children. Maybe struggling with children, having children, or, or you know, some breakdown there. Lord, we pray for these ones. Come on, pray with me. And we stand with them. And we believe, Lord God, that you have this for our life. This is part of our inheritance, Lord God. And we claim it in the name of Jesus. We may have claimed it once before, twice before. We do it again this morning. This is revelation truth. And we believe it and we stand our ground on this, Lord. We pray for healing and wholeness to happen in the deepest parts of our bodies, Lord God. Bringing forth life and bringing forth multiplication and bringing forth abundance in the name of Jesus. We cast off Every evil spirit that is restricting healing, that is restricting miracles and wholeness in our bodies. In the name of Jesus, we cast you out. We cast you out. Hallelujah. 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 I've gone two minutes over. I'm sorry. Why don't we just start church at this point sometimes? (laughs) Can we sing a song? Let's finish with a song. Maybe that's our first slow song, that first worship song. Yeah, that's the one. And let's worship God this morning like He is our Savior. Let's worship Him like what He did on the cross meant everything to us. Let's worship Him this morning like He really has given us all of the kingdom and all authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Me down. 
sing it out. Hallelujah. 